From the studios of Boise State Public Radio News, I'm Gemma Cadet. More Idaho Matters right now. Idaho is home to a large variety of birds of prey, including two kinds of eagles, 11 kinds of hawks, and six falcons. Spotting them around the gem state is fairly easy, but figuring out which one is which, well, that can be a bit trickier if you are not a bird expert, that is. So take a listen to three of Idaho's predator birds and see if you can identify any of them. Okay, so that was a Swainson's hawk, a northern goshawk, and a northern harrier. And if you'd like to get a little better at identifying those birds, then Terry Rich has a class for you. Rich is an orientologist, an environmental educator, and a writer, and he's hosting a class at Boise State's Osher Lifelong Learning Institute beginning tomorrow, Tuesday. And he's joining us now to talk more about where to find the birds, how to identify their calls, and also about raptor conservation programs. I want to welcome you to the program, Terry. Thank you. So how did you get into birds? Well, uh, it's probably a familiar story to a lot of people who were into the outdoors as a little kid. My mom and dad took us out uh, hiking and exploring, and my dad was especially interested in plants. So we started out as botanists, uh, mm. you know, in school. And uh, after a few years of this, I started spending more time looking up and asking my dad about the birds. And uh, he bought me a pair of binoculars, and and that was that was the start of uh, a lifelong uh, love, interest, and fascination with birds. And you really focus on, on raptors in particular for this class that you'll be uh, teaching. So, what are what are so fascinating to you about raptors? Well, you know, there are a lot of things that are fascinating. I, I, I'm especially uh, fascinated by the fact that several of these species live quite well among the neighborhoods in, uh, in the Boise area and indeed all over Idaho. So their ability to adapt, the red-tailed hawk, the Swainson's hawk that you played, uh, Cooper's hawk, they're, uh, they're living right in our neighborhoods and uh, a lot of people see them because when I'm walking my dog or just out, they're asking me about mm-hmm. them. So that, that's one thing for sure, their adaptability. Okay, so I want to test some of your bird knowledge, okay? Um, so we're going to play the sound of a bird of prey. You tell us which one it is and then where we can find it here in Idaho. So, so here's the first one. Okay, so which bird of prey is that, and and where does it live here in Idaho? I actually couldn't hear it, but I uh, a little secret, I guess, that uh, I, I knew which ones you had selected. So- <laughs> we did, yeah, just for our listeners, in case this happened, we we uh, we did tell Terry which order we were playing these in, but do tell us. So the gig, is, uh, you know, it's up now, but uh, the first one is supposed to be a red-tailed hawk, and that's... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of one of the birds I was mentioning are so well adapted to our urban environments. You can find them around town, uh, just flapping around, sitting in a big tree, sitting, uh, flying over a schoolyard. 
they're the big chunky hawk that you can see any it really any time of the year because they don't migrate out uh-huh. like saints and hawks do. So they're around okay. and they're big. Okay, so the next one, since um when the gig is up, is a golden eagle. So let's take a listen and then you can tell us more about it. Okay, so that's the golden eagle, Terry. So where does it live in Idaho, and and what makes it unique? Well, the golden eagle is that's a really great uh, example of some a bird that's quite different from the red-tailed hawk. They do not like people. They don't like towns. They don't like buildings. They don't like anything about the human environment. Um, you know, we have some of the, mo- the best golden eagle habitat in the world right down here in the Snake River uh, Birds of Prey Conservation Area along the Snake River. And uh, you have to get out of town. You have to go south, especially into the Oahis, into the Great Basin mm. and out into the mountains. The golden eagles don't like to come into town. I don't even see them around the foothills uh, very oh. often. Around. Okay, so let's take a listen to this third one. Okay, so which, what, which one is that? Well, it should have been the American kestrel. Yep. Uh, they always sound really agitated. They're just a really fast, agitated, sort of a high-pitched complaint almost. That's another bird that's really well adapted to human environments. You'll see them sitting on, they're small. It's a falcon. They're very small. you see them sitting on power lines going down Chinden or State or out on the interstate. Oh, even. okay. On schoolyards, and they're just very adapted to us. Okay. So then um, there's the peregrine falcon. Um, can you tell us more about it, Terry? Because this is a this is one of the the birds of prey that Idaho is really known for. Absolutely. You know, uh, when the peregrine fund started to save this bird really from extinction because of the DDT uh, problems it had, thinning the eggshells, and the the birds were just the populations were crashing. And the peregrine fund started. It's now you know part of the World Center for Birds of Prey right here in right here in Boise. And they, Tom Cade and the people who came after him just did spectacular conservation research and the populations recovered all over the continent. And uh, I think most years, if not every year, we have a peregrine falcon nesting in downtown Boise. So here's yet another bird because our skyscrapers are kind of like cliffs. They find these to be really good nesting sites. So if you're just joining us, let me reintroduce our guest. We're talking with bird expert Terry Rich about raptors here in Idaho. He'll be teaching a class on birds of prey. It begins tomorrow at uh, BSU's Social Lifelong Learning Institute. So Terry, I I know that during your class, you're going to also be talking about raptor conservation. So how have we done helping raptors survive and thrive? Um, You know, what are we doing now to, to help them? Well, probably the biggest thing again has you have to look historically at the effects that DDT was having. It was mm. uh, was really hurting peregrines. It was hurting osprey. It was it was hurting a lot of other species, pelicans, and in identifying that cause and getting rid of it was a huge step forward. Uh, another thing that raptors suffer from is just sort of indiscriminate shooting. People, uh, you know. At least used to, and still to some extent, just view them as targets. It's hard to imagine mm. shooting a golden eagle, but there's still people doing that. But, you know, it's education, and I think we've done a good job of getting the message out. And society's changing. You know, we don't just shoot everything anymore. And that those are simple things that are really having a benefit for these birds of prey. Mm. 
But you have said in the past that there's a there's a pretty significant disconnect on how much that, you know, we love wild birds and and yet what we're doing and maybe not doing to conserve them. So I'm curious, how how would you say we should be bridging this disconnect? Well, I, I really believe more and more in simply in education. And that's one thing I love about the World Center for Birds of Prey. If people haven't been out to visit their live raptors, uh, you got to get out there, go to the fall flights they have where they fly these birds in their open amphitheater. And you just see how incredibly beautiful and super cool they are. And I think, you know, awakening that wow factor is, you know, that's where you can get people to just go. These are incredibly cool and I want to do what I can to help them. Mm hmm. So, you know, we listen to those bird sounds in the beginning of our of our chat. Is it fun for you to get people, you know, listening to to bird calls and, and trying to get them to figure out how to identify the birds? Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I do a, uh, a monthly class at the Foothills Learning Center and my uh, April, May and June talks are always about uh, bird song. You know, how do you identify not just raptors, but all these other small birds that can be a little bit trickier to figure out. Uh, but the bottom line is, I don't really care if you can identify it or not. If you can appreciate the bird, enjoy it, mm. pass on the joy, and then maybe take one step toward conservation, that, that's the bottom line. So I know we focused a lot on where we can see the birds, like in the Treasure Valley area, but I'm curious, um, where else could we spot um, these different types of raptors uh, around Idaho? Well, a, a place that I, I really like anytime I get south of Boise out into the Great Basin, um, if people know where Mudflat Road is, it's sort of the back road over to Jordan Valley, uh, driving over to Burns, Oregon. Uh, now we're talking outside of Idaho, uh, at least it's Oregon so far, I guess, but uh, those are good places going up to Bogus Basin or up into the mountains. Then you start getting into uh, possibly seeing a, a goshawk or a Merlin during the summer. So uh, getting out of the valley, getting away from human habitations gets you into different habitats, and then you'll get into different birds, prairie falcons, and, uh, you know, owls and other raptors. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming in and talking with us about this and of being such a good sport, too, about the bird sounds. We appreciate it. Thank you. It was my pleasure. You're so welcome. We've been speaking with Terry Rich. He's an ornithologist, an environmental educator, and a writer talking about raptors here in our state. He's teaching a class on birds of prey. It begins tomorrow, Tuesday, at Boise State's Osher Lifelong Learning Institute. Thanks so much for listening to Idaho Matters. Boise State Public Radio and Idaho Matters are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jemma Gaudet. We'll see you tomorrow. This is Chip Brantley, co-host of the NPR podcast, White Lies. Before we found the man in Vancouver, before we sued the State Department, before we snuck into the graveyard of a federal penitentiary, all we had were the photographs. Photographs of a group of Cuban men standing on the roof of a prison in rural Alabama. That's this season on the NPR podcast, White Lies.